It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Friday. A lot to get to. Great to have you in on Twitter. At James Rapine, at Locked On Bengals. Check out LockedOnBengals.com. Right now, 10 free agents the Bengals could realistically sign. My offseason plan to help the Bengals, plus prospect spotlights from our guy Solomon Tetman, so much more. LockedOnBengals.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Stitcher, Google Play, Tune in. I'm trying to think of what any of them, any of in any way you listen to your podcast, however you consume it, Spotify. We're on it. It's the Locked On Bengals podcast. If you're new to the podcast, it's simple. I'm James Rapine. I do this every single day. We talk about the Bengals. You hear from some of the greatest guests. I mean, this week we had Jeff Hobson, Bengals.com. You heard from Duke Tobin, the Bengals Director of Player Personnel. Today, Joe Goodberry of The Athletic joining us in about 30 seconds or so. It's great to have you in here on this Friday. A lot to get to um, on Twitter at James Erpine. And let, let's get to it with Joe. Joe joined me yesterday on ESPN 1530. And the reason I, I say that, one, I want to be honest with you, two, because we take a call in the middle of it on Lamar Jackson. So this is a unique interview. It's uh, about 15 minutes long, but uh, here's my conversation with Joe Goodberry. I started it off by asking him how important, because it's the Combine weekend, and Orlando Brown of Oklahoma tested really poor, and and we're going at it and going back and forth with a bunch of different numbers and measurements, and you're going to hear about all that stuff because you're probably a big football fan, and even if you're a casual Bengals fan, you're going to hear about numbers and measurements, and I asked Joe how important those numbers and measurements are. They're actually very important, um, and if you think of how the combine started, it was a chance to get every prospect together uh, and allow doctors to to look them over and you know look at their bodies, look how healthy they are, do they have any past injuries, how how do those look going forward, any long term effects uh, teams should be aware of, and while you have every player there, they thought, well, why don't we put them through standardized measurements and testing so that we can get accurate numbers while everyone's on the same uh, level playing field, and because of it. You have years' worth of data to look at. And you may say, well, it doesn't matter if that guy runs a 4.8 because he doesn't win with speed or he doesn't have to be that fast. So there's been slow guys that have been successful before. This is true. But the idea of the combine is to eliminate risk and to look at the outliers. If a guy is supposed to be 6.1 and he measures that 6.5, that, that's okay. There's no difference there. It's just uh, now you have a more accurate number. But if a guy was supposed to have 10-inch uh, hands or 34-inch uh, arms, and now he has 9-inch hands and 32-inch arms, which now puts him between a guy who was a, an offensive tackle to now he measures like an offensive guard, well, that changes things because you may say, well, you, you know, he can be a good player without those long arms. He can. But a lot of guys fail with the short arms. There, there's... NFL players are freaks, athletically and size-wise. The average guy, the average quarterback that's 5'11", doesn't make it into the NFL, doesn't make it as a starter. But the average guy that's 6'2", does. And it doesn't, it's not that the height makes the difference. It's not that the hand size makes the difference. It just allows you to take the guy who has the most mathematical chance of succeeding in the NFL. And that is the guy that fits through parameters and filters that you may place 
at whatever you feel is important for the position. Like for the Bengals, they like the bench press for offensive linemen. They like 40-yard dash times. It seems they like the 20-yard short shuttle, too, so based on my, uh, my look recently. So look for those numbers and look for guys that really stand out in, in, in those drills. And if they do, the best players in the league are not always big, but they usually are athletic. So that you want these guys to pass those filters and, and be on the upper-tier athletes. Joe Goodberry of The Athletic is our guest. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. Looking at the measurements, and I saw some of the measurements coming down, and obviously there's some bench presses now, and they're starting to get into some workouts. What stands out to you? Are there any players that Bengals fans should be aware of that stand out based on measurements or different things that you've seen today? Yeah, yesterday for for the offensive linemen, they showed up and they, they got their hands measured, their arms measured. Uh, everything like that. The the one concern was Connor Williams from Texas. It, everyone wanted to be sure he had long enough arms. He kind of looked like a guard at times when watching him on tape, especially in the 2017 tape that was much worse than previous years before his injury. And it kind of made you wonder, is he an interior player? Well, he showed up and he had 33-inch arms, which is the bare minimum for what you want at, at offensive tackle. You like 34-inch arms. You want them to have that reach against defensive ends that are only 6'5", 6'6", 6'7". He, if he doesn't test very well athletically, he may be a guard. And if he is, that knocks him down from a top 15 pick. I think at that point, he's probably going 15 to 25. So, uh, so far, uh, a rough start for him. He measured a little bit lighter also than what we, what we expected. Uh, I would say Orlando Brown, the offensive tackle, another guy we're going to hear a lot for the members at 12. He's 6'8", 345, crazy long arms and big hands, and, and he looks strong, and he looks strong on tape. He bench presses 14 times today, and that's a concern. Yes, long arms hurt your, your ability to bench press, but at the same time, no offensive lineman, especially tackle, has benched under 20 and gone in the first round at, at, the, at the combine. Andre Smith did 19 at his pro day and was still able to be drafted six overall by the Bengals, but 19 being, you know, being the filter being 20, that you can look past that one rep. 14 is wide receiver numbers, and it really concerns you. It'll make you want to go back to the tape, and more than anything, it'll make you want to contact his coaches and players that know him and say, is he a worker? Is he a guy, is he putting in the work right now while he's down and while he's off? Uh, it's concerning. And then on the opposite end, um, Will Hernandez, a guard from UTEP who looks like a power uh, run blocker guard, he puts up 37 reps, and I know that's going to catch the Bengals' attention. They've, they've loved it. If you look at their past drafts, uh, bench reps are big for them. And then Quentin Nelson, who is hands down the best <laughs> offensive lineman in the draft from Notre Dame, he measures like an offensive tackle. Uh, Duke Tobin even said he might even be able to play offensive tackle. He said he can play all five positions. I don't think it's crazy. I think he's going to ace the combine, and he already has from measurements to 35 uh, reps on the bench press. I think he's maybe the best player in the, in the, in the entire draft, and there's a chance he could make it to the 8th, ninth, 10th pick. I'd be surprised if, he did, if he's there at 12, but I think he's so good, and the gap is only getting larger between him and the top tackles in this draft, that you might consider a, a third-round pick to move up a little bit. I, I just think he's that good, and so far he's got a great start to the Combine weekend. If it is the difference between a third-round pick and, and getting Orlando Brown or Quentin Nelson, it's not even close to me. Like You have to do that, especially when you're looking at a Bengals team. They have 11 picks this year. They're not going to be able to add 11 players. 
why not use the those extra picks if they need to to get the quality? I think it's quality and free agency, quality in the draft over quantity when you're looking at this Bengals team. They're not rebuilding. They say they're not rebuilding. They're keeping their core there, but they need to add guys who can help. And I, I think Quentin Nelson, he would be the dream, Joe. He would be the dream. And let me give you a scenario. I hate to take uh, positive light in somebody who's had an injury, but Billy Price, the center from Ohio State, Agreed. it sounds like he may have tore his pec uh, while doing the bench reps. It's gonna. He was probably a early second round pick as it was. It's going to knock him back if he has to start the year on the pup list, or maybe just barely be ready by September, maybe late August. Uh, it's going to knock him down. I think he could probably be a third round pick at this point. And if you're saying, um, you know, I have to give up uh, a second or a third or whatever the case to be to get maybe the best player in the draft in Nelson, and if you can come back, they have two third round picks, and if they can get in position to get Price, say you walk away from the draft. Uh, with Nelson and Price, oh, with your with two out of your first three picks, or however it shakes out, but yeah. in the first the first two days, I would say your interior of your offensive line and you, it goes from a weakness, uh, something that was a detriment to the team all year, to a strength and one of the better units in the NFL. And for a team that probably doesn't rebuild their offensive line in one draft or one off season, you'd have to think solidifying the inside core unit with Clint Bowling, Billy Price, and Quentin Nelson would be a dream scenario and a dream outcome. At the cost of giving up a premium pick, I understand that. But you're right, they have 11 picks. Uh, and I think this, this class is really good, especially for offensive line. You're going to find starters in the third and fourth round in the interior offensive line at Garden Center. Uh, I think it's worth it to give up maybe one of those premium day two picks to move up if, if that was you know, something that intrigued them. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. A lot of people looking at the quarterback position, for better or worse, that the Bengals have a need at quarterback, whether it's mid, late round pick. It could be an early pick. Some fans feel that way. As far as the quarterbacks go, and I know you, I've asked you about that, but they, they got their hand size measured. Is there any red flags there? Is there anything quarterback-wise that, that has changed on your board, and, and how do you feel about the top guys? No, I think everybody passed the filters, to be honest. Uh, there wasn't somebody like a Jared Goff a couple years ago coming through with nine-inch hands. Everyone seemed to have at least nine and three-eighths, nine and a quarter, nine and a half, which is good. Uh, you'd like the nine and a half being the average uh, for combine participants. You'd like to get to that mark, but it's Getting anything over nine and some change is fine. And uh, I, I think guys like somehow Baker Mayfield grew a, 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 you know, a tenth of an inch since the senior bowl in his measuring. Sometimes that happens. I think it just helps him a little bit. Uh, but we already knew his, his measurements from the senior bowl. Lamar Jackson was the guy I think everyone was talking about because there was a chance he would show up at maybe six one and 205 pounds. And I think at that size, uh, Durability is a concern. Instead, he showed up at 6'2 and 216 pounds with nine and, nine and a half inch hands, the exact measurements of Andy Dalton when yeah. he came out. And we've had no concern with Andy, Andy Dalton's durability. If anything, that's one of his strengths. It makes you want to go back and watch Jackson. And Jackson only missed one game out of 39 in his collegiate career. Um, 
maybe he's not fragile. And I never thought he was. But, you know, that you keep hearing these things. And, and the, the, he's going to tear it up. I can't wait for the drills and, and, and yeah. the 40 for him because I think the over-under on some betting sites are, is four, uh, 4.35 for him. That's crazy if he gets anywhere near that at quarterback. I, I think he's just fine overall. And uh, I, I'm honestly personally rooting for him. And that doesn't mean the Bengals have to take him at 12. But uh, that would be something. It would be. I don't think it happened. Speaking of that, Joe, and I, I think you'll remember this from earlier today, we had a, a Twitter interaction where it was like, let me call in and talk about Lamar Jackson. Well, William did. So we're going to take a call to de- together, Joe, if that's okay. Is that cool with you? That sounds great. Yep. All right. Let's 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 talk to William in Virginia. William, you're on ESPN 1530. Hey, what's up, guys? How y'all doing? Good, man. How are you? I can't complain. All right. What are your thoughts on Lamar Jackson? I assume that's why you're calling. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Joe and I have gone back and forth uh, recently over the past couple months. We are uh, not too much, but we've re- uh, communicated with each other about Lamar Jackson. Um, he seems pretty high on him, but uh, obviously I don't feel the same way. Uh, they were discussing earlier. I don't know if it was you and him or him and somebody else, but they were discussing about the possibility of if four of their key players weren't there at twelve, how exciting it would be to take him at twelve. Mm-hmm. But I'm here to tell you, if Cincinnati were to do that, it would completely push them back. I mean, years, because Marvin Lewis is in a win-now situation. You can't take a quarterback at all at number 12 in the first round. Uh, with that being said, he has to win now. He has to win this season, and he knows that because he came back uh, recently after there were reports that he was going to leave. Mm-hmm. So you have to roll with Andy. And if you bring in a quarterback at all, whether it's Lamar Jackson or maybe it's a guy that you do believe in, there's going to be a quarterback controversy. And that is a recipe for disaster in the National Football League. And you cannot have that right now at all, especially in this critical year that Marvin Lewis is going in. Secondly, Lamar Jackson. History shows us dual-threat quarterbacks do not survive in the National Football League. If I was in college, if I was a college scout, if I was a college head coach, hands down, give me Lamar Jackson over the majority of these quarterbacks. But going in at the next level where the speed picks up and more goes into it, you cannot trust these dual-threat quarterbacks. You have to go with one of these guys at the pocket passer. Lamar Jackson, this past season at Louisville, rushed for 1,600 yards. Mm-hmm. What does that show? That he's a great dynamic athlete? Yes, I agree with that 100%. But what does that also show? His running game set up his passing game. And at the next level, you cannot get away with that. It does not work. Tim Tebow is arguably, you could argue, agree with this or not, he was arguably not just one of the greatest quarterbacks greatest college players to ever play. And he couldn't even transition to the National Football League with that dual-threat style. Gotcha. And very, you, you, rarely you have guys like Cam Newton that can do it. But, I mean, again, you were talking about the measurements earlier. And, I mean, I think I just looked up. He was 6'5", 245 pounds going into the draft. I mean, he's a free, Cam Newton's a once-in-a-lifetime generational player. You probably never – we might not ever see a guy like Cam Newton again. Gotcha. So with all that being said, you cannot bring that guy in at number 12. Gotcha. William, I appreciate the call. That's William in Virginia. All right, so that's interesting, Joe. I, now I want to react to it. We gave him two and a half minutes. couple things. When's the last time the Bengals got huge contributions from the, their first-round pick anyways? <laughs> it's been a long time. Uh, <clears throat> the last, I want to say, four uh, first-round picks have only averaged about 65 snaps as rookies. So we should almost expect these guys are going to develop for that first year and fit that first year. Now, I do believe with the uh, with the holes on the offensive line, if that's the pick, those guys are playing, 
regardless of, of, of what you think of the prospect. So that's the only scenario I can see where you can say this guy's going to play 800 at least snaps. But I think, you know, we've been accustomed to these guys sitting that first year, and I think that's exactly what you would like for a quarterback. It's interesting. Marvin's in win-now mode. If they are, then they'll be active in free agency. Like, I know right. we, we talk Quentin Nelson in, in addressing the line, but even Quentin Nelson, like, that, that's fine. You add him or you add a lineman with the 12th pick or a Billy Price or whoever you want to add. I also want to go get veterans that know how to play that can help them right now. And, and, and that's why, if I'm them this offseason, that's how I address their needs, not necessarily just the draft. And shouldn't they have been in win-now mode the last – Seven years, really? Yeah. Eight, six years, really? And so they haven't really attacked free agency to to make you believe they're they're in that mode. Uh, I think a lot of fans believe they were because they were had success and because the roster was really good. As we've seen the last two years, the roster has fallen off and they haven't made the necessary moves and they haven't put the emphasis. Maybe they did with John Ross by filling a need and they thought he was going to play. It didn't work out that way. But William Jackson was a definite depth and development pick. Uh, so. You know, I, I can't say that just because they're in win-now win mode and because it feels different this year, uh, that, that means that first-round pick is definitely going to play more. Uh, I think he's going to play if it's a position of, of need and if it's uh, if he's a better player than the guy in front of him. I, I think at the end of the day, quarterback is still the most important position on the team. If you're in a win-now mode or if, the, if that window reopens, because let's be honest, that window is not open right now, not, not with the way the current roster is built. Mm-hmm. If that window opens in 2019 or 20, you're going to be glad to have a 23-year-old quarterback rather than a 33-year-old quarterback. Uh, last question for Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. Uh, as far as Lamar Jackson goes, he mentioned Tim Tebow. I think Lamar's – call me crazy if you want, but I think Lamar's the better athlete. I think he throws the ball better than Tebow ever did. To me, it, it, that that's not really a good comparison. I do think he could survive in the NFL. Maybe I'm crazy, but I do. He, I, I like the point because dual-threat quarterback a lot of times scares people because sure. we think they run first. And I don't feel that when you watch Jackson at all. Uh, I think Jackson is a very good passer. I, I, I don't think he's perfect at all, but I think in terms of if he, if he wasn't a runner and he was just a, uh, a, a you know an average athlete quarterback, he'd probably still be a second-round pick. I think his, his athleticism is a plus. It should never be used as a negative for him because he doesn't rely on it to take off when, when a guy isn't open. He buys time in the pocket. He goes through multiple reads. Uh, a lot of their plays on their offense are very uh, advanced, and NFL teams are running a lot of the same plays, especially now the way the NFL is evolving. Uh, there, yeah, I looked two years ago, and he had more running attempts than he did completions. So there is some concern there. But Louisville used it because he was such a weapon. They didn't use it because he couldn't throw. He can throw. He's a very good thrower. I think Tebow is a bad comparison. I, I think the Vic comparison works. But the way quarterbacks were developed in 2001 uh, compared to where they're com- developed in 2017, 2018, I think is, is light years ahead. And I think the game is more ready to handle those guys than it was for Vic. They had Vic coming out of, uh, of under center with play-action passes, and they really didn't know how to use him. It took a few years for him to really get in a stride. And even then, he was never a touch thrower. I think Jackson shows that stuff, and I think the offense in today's NFL allows him to succeed earlier and more often. Make sure you check out Joe's work at The Athletic on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. Joe, as always, man, I appreciate the time. Thanks for having me, James. Good stuff there from Joe Goodberry, as always, here on the Locked On Bengals podcast. I thought that the call was interesting, and I think a lot of you feel that way. That's why I included it. A lot of you feel like Lamar Jackson, mobile quarterback, no way. 
Um, I'm starting to be of the belief that Lamar Jackson doesn't fit with Cincinnati because they wouldn't be creative enough. Now, who knows? I I don't think a a team is going to draft Lamar. I think the best case would be for him to come in and he doesn't have to sit for a year, but if he could sit for a year, really get the NFL game down. I think he's Michael Vick. I think he's a better version of Michael Vick, a modern-day version of Michael Vick. And Michael Vick as a rookie was very underwhelming. Because they threw him out there, he started some, and he didn't start some. I think you give Lamar a year, and then you make him quarterback, and that's what he's going to be. He's he's going he's going to want to go to a team to be a quarterback. He's made that very clear. I think he's got a good shot to impress. Stop saying running quarterbacks don't work when they operate from the pocket. Lamar operates from the pocket. Every evaluator I've seen says that, that I respect and work with. They're like, yeah, he can make throws from the pocket. He operates out of the pocket. And then, worst case, he runs. I don't think this is a Michael Vick run only, not study the playbook type of quarterback. With that being said, I don't think the Bengals take him. I'd love it. I would love the idea. You heard Tony Pike. He would love the idea, too. Uh, Last week, I think I played that for you last week, but probably not going to happen. Heck, Joe Goodberry on board. We're all on board. On Monday's podcast, you're going to hear from Marvin Lewis. On John Ross, on the Combine, on Russell Bodine, 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 on Russell Bodine, and so much more. So make sure you keep it locked there. Check out LockedOnBengals.com. Also, Locked on Reds. And until Monday, I'm James Erpine. This has been the Locked on Bengals podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.